Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. I hope you guys are doing awesome today. This is Brian Sin, your host. Man, I am enjoying this cooler weather. I'm wishing I was in a tree stand right now. I got uh, got our first guest and the co-host for the day, Clayton Bats on. And Clayton is going to waste a little drive time with us today on his way up to do a little deer hunting in Kentucky. So I am a very jealous man, Clayton. What's going on, brother? Not much. Just driving on up. I think I got about two and a half hours left, and I'll be in beautiful Kentucky. Man, I tell you, and me and you were discussing this earlier, but that's one of those places that, you know, everybody wants to go to Kansas and Iowa and Illinois. And, and hey, the, man, the hunting's great in all those places, no doubt about it. But a little closer to home, man, western Kentucky is a gem. I mean, it is a – I'm not going to say it's a hidden secret anymore because people now know about it, but they killing some big deer in Kentucky. Yeah, I'm actually going up here, and I'm hunting with a buddy of mine. Whenever I get, um, I fish the pro circuit. Whenever I get sponsors, they're more than just a sponsor to me. They more become family. And I'm actually going up here to hunt with the owners of Jinko Fishing, their farm up here, and they were gracious enough to offer me to a couple of days to come up here and hunt, and I generally appreciate it. But, yeah, some of the ones that they've got on camera and some of the ones that they've killed this year, I mean, they're true. I mean, 140, 150-inch eight-pointers. I mean, just true good deer. Yeah. And they're killing – I think it was – Clayton, I, I can't remember if it was four, three, four, five years ago, but somewhere in that three, four, five years ago, there was more Boone and Crockett's killed in Kansas than any other state in the United States. They, they came in ahead of Iowa, Wisconsin, Kentucky – there was more Boone and Crockett scoring deer that come out of Kentucky than anywhere. So they got them, man. They got them. Yeah, I'm excited. Actually, <clears throat> I have fished everywhere across the U.S. You can imagine you say a lake, and I've probably been there. This is actually, I had one other opportunity last year to go down in Florida. And growing up, my uncle, I know was my bubba, I grew up and we ran dogs for uh, deer. I actually had an opportunity last year to go down there with another sponsor from Polar Insulation last year and do that. This, Other than that, this is my first opportunity leaving the state of Georgia to go deer hunt. I'm, I'm generally excited about that, just to see something different, different ways to hunt. It's kind of like fishing. Everywhere you go, there's a new technique or, you know, you can always learn something. It's just different, man. Hunting that area. It's just different. And I mean, when you go to Kansas, it's even different than Kentucky. That's part of the fun of it for me. I just, it's one of those trips that I look forward to every year. And I am actually in mourning right now because I'm supposed to be in Kansas right now and I'm not. And doesn't look like I'm able to go this year. I am literally all but depressed about it because it's my one week out of the year where. Ain't no need for mama to call me and ask me to help with the kids because I can't. I'm 13 <laughs> hours away. So ain't no need That's to right. call and say, can you stop at the store and get milk? Because I ain't coming home, baby. I'm up here in Kansas. I'm hunting. I'm enjoying just downtime, being around in new country and experiencing something that we don't get to experience here every day. 
Uh, so it's really cool to be able to go off to new places. The only thing I'm mad about, man, is is that you didn't come through Birmingham and pick me up on the way. I can't understand this. <laughs> I'm too excited. I'm trying to get up here as fast as I can go, and I'll be I'm gonna be able to stay up here four or five days and hunt, and hopefully I'll be sending you some pictures. And I hope so. I hope so. Find us a place to lease for next year while you're up there. Be, do some research. Run, meet <laughs> some people at the store. Eat lunch with somebody. That's right. I got faith in I you. You can handle some, this. I will trade a bunch of guide trips out for some hunting. You dang right. You <laughs> dang right. Well, this is a fishing report. Me and you are both, we both big deer hunters, and we could do the whole podcast talking about deer hunting. But uh, this is the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, so we have to talk about fishing a little bit too. And uh, even though it's deer season and you've been in the tree a lot, I know you've still been fishing too. So, what's going on in you follow right now? Yeah, that's the that's another good thing about deer hunting is it gets a bunch of people off the water. So there's a bunch of days out there where you might have but see two or three boats were on a normal day without deer hunting, you'd see fifty. So that's another good thing. But the lake has been down. Uh, everybody knows it's been down to about one eighty five. They've been working on the dam. It's coming back up right now. I believe today it's 186.5. So we're up a foot and a half, which is a good thing. They're trying to get it on a back up to full pool. Now they're still kind of spread out. Typical fall junk fishing. There's fish out on the ledges. There's fish up on the uh, bank. The only thing about the bank fishing right now is it's not high enough where the water can get in that grass yet. So all the bank stuff is mainly just fishing hard stuff, wood, such docks, rocks. Anything like that, and pretty much the ledge bite, it's still good right now. Fish are out there from, you can fish secondary ledges on out to the main ledges from the 10-foot ones out to the 20. It's kind of like spring fishing, but not quite as good because they're so spread out. Yeah. We kind of got a little cool front. People were catching fish. Then it warmed back up. And, man, it seems like everybody we talked to the last two weeks, except the strike guys have just been struggling. The fish have just kind of on that in-between deal and just needed a little cooler weather. Well, we're getting it now. We're getting some cold weather. So uh, have things already changed to a wintertime pattern or is this cool front coming through now? You changed the game a little bit. It's going to change a little bit, but the main thing that's changing right now, I mean, you got two things against you on your follow right now. You got that rising water, and you got these cold fronts. The best way to catch them right now is either staying offshore or beating the bank. And yeah. that's the way it is. And that's the way you follow fish probably 12 months out of the year. I love staying out there super deep with them, but I promise you, there's not another lake in the country they'll get as shallow as they will when you follow. When that water comes up, I mean, they'll get up there, and you'll get on a pattern with them in a foot of water. Wow. You got water, you know, at, at times it's rising on lakes. At times it's falling on lakes. Do you find that it's better on the rise or is it better on the fall or does it matter? I, I'm, gonna see, I'm sticking with you fall on that question. I like it on the rise when you fall. The rise when you fall, the fish go with it extremely well. When it drops on you fall, there you can get on some fish. Say you got a tournament on Saturday, you're going fishing back again on Saturday, just fun fishing. And you get on that Thursday or Friday, they'll drop a foot of water or eight inches out of that pond overnight, and it absolutely just kills that shallow water body. 
Yeah. It just pushes them out. It pushes them out. It spreads them out. That's the reason I like to stay deeper. It don't affect those fish. And obviously, when that water is dropping that much, they're pulling water. So guess what them deep water fish are doing while they're pulling water? They're chewing. They're chewing. So, like the deep water fish on a wintertime pattern or fall, late fall, early winter like it is right now, how do you compare it to a summertime deep water pattern? Is it very similar or? They'll get on the same stuff, but where you might be fishing a school in the summertime where there's 20 fish, 25 fish, right now there might be five. But that's where good comes, like if you graft a lot during the summer, you know, still know those places, those little hard spots that they'll get on. There just won't be a bigger group of them. Right. What What about bait selection this time of year? Are Are you when you're when you're fishing those ledges? Let's talk about the deep water pattern first, and then you can go into the shallow water. What you're fishing with there, but on a deep water pattern right now, what are you throwing? Oh, this time of year, I like to keep moving. I mean. The only slow bait right now I'll throw is I'll stroke a jig down there on them, but mainly I'm throwing a Jinko, like a CD 20 or 25 plug, and then if I go shallower, you know, like a CD 15, we'll go into the shallow stuff. I mean, I'm trying to stay with shad stuff. That's it. I'll throw a, a big spinner bait up shallow, a buzz bait, and a wobber popper. Those are probably two of my favorite things to throw right now, just because you're gonna get a big bite with it and you can cover so much water really, really fast. Now, what'd you say, a whopper popper? Whopper popper. I don't even know what that is. It was it's a river to see. They actually invented it a long time ago for musky fishing. And then they downsized it because it works so well for bass. It's kind of like a buzz bait. It's like probably in between a buzz bait and a prop bait. That makes sense. It's a straight reel. makes a real good sound with a tail. Okay. And it, does it have a spinner on it? The tail actually spins. Okay. And it makes a whopper plopper. It makes a plopping noise. Speaking of spinners on top water, when I was growing up, and I'm talking about a long time ago, when I was 15, 16 years old fishing, I love fishing a, a devil's horse with a spinner on a prop bait with the, on the front and the back. Do people? Oh yeah. Do people fish that anymore? Most certainly. Um, Devil's horse, I never go to Florida without one. Back home, I throw one that's similar. It's like it's a custom handmade one, but it's kind of Brian's Bees makes a real good one. Uh, The main difference between the Devil's horse you spoke of and the other one is it's not as long. It looks more like a bluegill. When I'm trying to imitate a bluegill, that's what I throw. Okay. Good deal. Mainly a summer bait for me. I throw it a lot in the summer. Okay. Well, I was just wondering. I hadn't seen one in years, and I haven't fished one in years, and don't even have one in my tackle box anymore. But I was just when we when when you mentioned spinner, I was like or prop bait. I was like, man, that brings back some memories right there. That old painted devil horse, hand painted devil horse I used to have and fish with, and caught a lot of fish on it. Bunch of people uh, forget about those old baits. But, man, those things, they still work. It ain't like a fish. You said, I'm not going to eat that old bait anymore. They still work. Man, that's good stuff. So if somebody's going to come to you, Fala, this weekend, your suggestion to them is what? Beat the bank with the spinner bait, go out there, find some ledges. What am I missing? Yeah, if you don't have the electronics and know how to use them, 
I'd stay on the bank, and I I can't tell you one part of the lake that they're biting better on, because I've caught them from River Bend all the way to the dam. It just depends on what you want to do, where you want to fish. Right now, if you do go up the river, you can find a little bit of current, which sometimes makes it a little better up there. But just stay shallow. Be sure to, I mean, fish any kind of wood that you see sticking up. Make multiple casts to it because there's a fish on it. Whether he's wanting to eat right then or not, there's a fish on it. No, that's good. That's good stuff. That's good to know. Uh, thank you for that tip. The tip of the day is brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Guys, if you have a pond, if you're managing a pond, if you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona. He's a co-host on our show. Y'all heard him on here before and he'll be on here every month, but uh, give him a call at 205-288-1371 or just look him up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and and give Norman a call. These guys know what they're doing when it comes to managing ponds and lakes, so uh, if that's what you need, reach out to them. Well, uh, tell you're going to stay on the phone with us. I still want people to know before you jump off, how does somebody need to contact you if they want to come and not only maybe book a trip with you, but you also do, and we've talked about this before on here, but you also, you know, train people how to use these electronics. So if, if your guy that has got maybe new electronics, maybe you're, Maybe you have electronics on your boat, but you've just never felt comfortable using it. Clayton is the man that can train you how to get the most out of that. So if somebody wants to either book a trip or come learn how to do these electronics, how they need to get in touch with you? Yeah, you can uh, look me up on Facebook at Lake You Follow Fishing Guide Clayton Bats. My website is lakeyoufollowfishingguide.com. Or either you can just give me a call, 334-310. Eight three three eight. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, we appreciate that. And hey, look, I had a guy on the show last week that's on the Auburn fishing team now. Get this. He won the national championship three years in a row. He came in first place on Kentucky Lake for the high school national championship. He won it three years in a row. And this year he won it by over 10 pounds. It is now at Auburn, but they've got a tournament coming up in Eufaula real soon. I may give him your number if you don't mind. If, if he needs some, he may want to talk to you before he comes down there and, and, and fishes that tournament. Yeah, just tell him to give me a call anytime. I'll do it, man. Well, let's uh, let's stay on Lake Eufaula, but let's switch gears and talk about crappie with the man that knows how to catch him, maybe more than anybody else, Tony Adams. Tony, you there? Yes, sir. Good afternoon. How are y'all? Doing great, man. We uh, appreciate you getting on. We got Clayton Bats on here with us, so we got two you follow guys on. And uh, Clayton is on the way deer hunting, trying to make me jealous, going up to Kentucky. And uh, so he's going. He's co-hosting with me today, so I appreciate that. But it'll be it'll be interesting having you two local you follow guys on at the same time. Yes, sir. We appreciate you having us. I'm going to get Tony to spill all the beans and all of his good stuff. That's right. You just, that's, yeah, get all the insight. Well, well, Tony, you sent me some pictures earlier today, and uh, just like all the pictures you send me, it's it's an impressive deal. So it, it's obvious you are still catching crappie on Eufaula. Yes, sir. They're, they're still doing good. Still fishing brush piles, 
pretty much the same pattern right now as it was in the summer. They're a little more on the flat, been doing a little better on the flats early in the morning. And as that sun starts coming up, warming up, they've been going to 12, 14, 16 foot of water, catching them right in the brush, right above the brush. You can dig fish for them or minifish, but the bite's really been good. As far as wintertime, true wintertime pattern, are they in what you consider the wintertime pattern right now? You know, I don't think these fish are because the water temperature is not, hadn't dropped enough. I think they're getting to about that point. Most of the crap you hear on you follow on winter pattern, they're going to get in that 16 to 20 foot deep. They're going to be right in the structure. You know, you just kind of have to put the bait right in front of them or either the jig right in front of them. That time of year, you know, I'll use probably about an inch and a half jig. Just let it sit there. Or either I'll use the feather jig, you know, let the feathers just sit there, use a, a cork stopper and just let it sit there and just the, just the movement of the water will make that feather twitch, and those crappy can't stand it. But uh, right now, they're still doing good on minnows, still doing good on um, the jigs, uh, the two-inch minnow jigs, and then, you know, just regular minnows. They're still eating it up, just pretty much about the same as the summertime pattern, but just a little shallow. You see anything changing, Tony, with the water level coming up? I think it's going to change. I had not noticed anything. Uh, with the water level coming up, you know, those crappies, you don't always find some structure they're on in their bite. I haven't seen any difference as far as the bite. We talked before on one of your first shows that you did with us. We had talked about that ice jig, and I and I sent, I mailed, I, I ordered some from my dad and mailed them to him this week. So I got to call and see if he's tried them yet. But is this the time of year that you start going to some of those kind of things, or is that more of a true wintertime pattern where you put a shiner on the back of something like an ice jig where you can just drop it straight down and, and like you said, try to put it in front of their face? Yeah, you, you can use it either either way. I mean, I, I use it during the summer. I use it during the winter. You know, I drop it down. You know, like I say, when you drop it down, that minute is usually moving, causing that skipper jig to twitch. Use the two-tone color, then it's sitting there twitching those two colors, and it's making like looks like that minnow's moving even that much more. You won't have to move it as much. Maybe just a little twitch up, you know, two three inches, let it sit there, and that minnow pretty much does its work twitching that ice jig. It's turning those two colors, but you're getting the two colors and you're getting the minnow that's got the the live movement on it. Yeah, that's an interesting, it's an interesting deal because I've never seen anybody crappie fish with those down here. You know, I know that's where we're talking about ice fishing. It's an ice jig, so it's, it's usually been a northern bait, but it makes sense, and obviously it works for you. So I'm anxious to see if my dad has any luck with it. We'll... And then a lot of times if he'll take that, that skipper jig, that ice jig, and he'll drop it all the way down to the bottom. I don't know how deep he's fishing, but sometimes those fish is just right off the bottom. Tell him to drop it to the bottom. Right now, I'd probably lift it up about a foot and just let it natural fall and then lift it up about a foot. And then as he does that, you know, as long as he's got fish there, then he may want to lift it up two foot, you know, let it fall back down, like like let it just flicker down, you know, just flitter. And then, you know, but as soon as he finds that depth where they're at, that he, he should fill up the boat. Yeah, just lock in on that certain depth. That certain depth, yes, sir. So when you're lifting it off the bottom, are you just like letting it freely fall? I mean, let's giving it a ton of slack and letting it fall at its own pace. Yep. Or are you 
Yeah, I, I'm not twisting the rod. I'm just lifting it up and just letting it fall at its own little pace. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, lift it up and just let it fall at its own little pace. But usually the best thing to do is start from the bottom this time of year and just kind of work it, work it up. Unless you can see the fish on my helix, I can take it and I can see the fish. You know, maybe they're holding it eight foot or 12 foot. So then I'll just take that jig and drop it down about 12 feet. As it starts getting colder, they're going to start going deeper and getting into that structure. Could go a little deeper based on what the water temperature is. So he may want to start working it off the bottom till he finds the magic spot, you know, the way they like it. Right. Do the crappie, as the as the temperature, water temperature drops, do they do they get tighter to the structure? And I know they go deeper, but do they tend to get tighter? I know we've talked in the past about you'll catch fish 20, 30 feet around the structure, not all the time in it. Does that change pretty, as the temperature changes? Yeah, pretty much. They'll, they'll, they'll go a little deeper. They'll be a lot tighter to the structure. Now, on a good, pretty sunny, warm day, you'll start seeing them kind of come up a little bit. And it may not be quite as deep, but in the real wintertime, then they'll – it, they will be in tighter bunches, and, you know, the bite's usually pretty good. They just don't want something that's real fast. They want something that's very slow-moving or got a little twitch so they can just come up right behind it and sneak up on it and inhale it. When they bunch up like that, Tony, can you catch multiples out of there and sneak up and them kind of dispersed, or will they still stay grouped up and just keep biting? Yeah, they'll, stay, they'll still stay grouped up, and they'll still bite. You know, when you catch that first one, you may catch three right there together. You know what I'm saying? Right. It gets others active, and they want to go get that bait from the one that, that's got the bait. But, you know, a lot of times you'll catch two or three right there, bang, 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 all at one time. If you're fishing with minnows, they're all bunched up. And, you know, on a good, pretty sunny day, you know, the water clear, you'll catch them still tight in that structure, but they, they may raise up in the water column a little, little closer to that little warmer water. Man, that's interesting. You uh, you got it figured out, that's for sure, by the looks of these pictures you sent me. And, and man, you're catching some big fish right now. Yes, sir. I, you know, this time of the year, I think those big fish that's been in that 25, 30 foot of water, I think they're coming up on those flats, feeding up. Most all the ones I'm catching right now, they're, you know, they're donkeys. They're just huge. And I, I think they're feeding up for the wintertime because so, a lot of times in the winter, they're not as active. You know, they may not spread out and run the lake, run shad like they usually do. They're kind of gathered up around that structure. The last several weeks has been healthy fish. Yeah, obviously by the pictures I saw, they healthy. I mean, some of those fish look like they're two and a half pounds or better. Yes, sir. Yes, they're, um, you know, five-gallon bucket. Most of those there is sticking over the bucket probably inch and a half, two inches. So, I mean, that's that's a good size crappy. you dang right. Well, do you do much, you know, different people we talk to, you know, different people fish different ways, but you you have a lot of people that troll different time of the year. You, you don't do much trolling, do you? I had, I mean, I have done it before. Usually I'd start trolling in about February, and usually I would pull the half flies. Sometimes I'd have half flies on, you know, by themselves. Sometimes I'd do the half flies with the minutes, you know, clip them with minutes. I'd pull it up in the creek. I've got where I'm, I'm more structured fish now that time of the year because of the pre-spawn. They're coming in there. They're hanging out around structure. They're hanging around boat docks. But you can catch tons of fish trolling. And my favorite time of the year was February, 
in March, maybe a week or two in April. Yeah. Well, whatever you're doing, you're doing it right, man. That's for sure. Now, now you're going to kind of wind it down. Are you getting ready to kind of wind down? I know you take a month off. Is, is that more like in January? Usually, I, you know, right about Christmas time, I'll, I'll kind of kind of ease up because you never know what the weather is going to do. You'll never know if it's going to be sleeting, snow, and raining, well, maybe not 100-mile-an-hour winds, but 10, 12-mile-an-hour winds. So I try not to book a whole lot of trips the end of December, January, and 1st of February, and several reasons. One's because I don't know what the weather's going to do. Two is that's the kind of the months I kind of get my structure, you know, rebuilt back up, looking for spots to get ready for, for the coming year, and then spend some time with the family through the holidays. And also, I do a little deer hunting, so try to do a little deer deer hunting to look worth my while of spending that money on right. planting and the lease. That's right. I love when you put that new structure out. You need to keep putting it out and I'll just keep finding it. <laughs> you, have to, you have to run, you have to take a pellet gun or take a BB gun with you and, and run Clayton off your spots there. He'd be bass fishing your crappie holes. Well, you know, that, that don't bother me at all because those bass, you know, like I say, they're bass fishing. Yeah, I, I really don't care. As soon as you drop it in the lake, it don't matter anyways, but Maybe they'll clean out some of the bass so the crap you hang on in there and those bass won't eat as many crappy for me. Doing him a favor. You're doing him a favor. That's all you're doing. You're just trying to help. You're just trying to help. That's right. I love what you said about that before and I shared it with my dad and he was talking about putting structure out and worrying about people that fish it and you know, well, everybody's going to find where I put it out and everybody else is going to be fishing it. But I loved what you said about that. You're like, when I drop that over the side of that boat and I put it in the water, it don't belong to me anymore. It belongs to the lake and whoever finds it, fishes it. I can't get mad about that because it ain't mine no more. So I love that attitude. Yeah. You know, I, I may call it my, you know, my hole, but everybody's fishing my hole. You know what I'm saying? And I pull up on people all the time that's fishing something I put out. I just I just go on to the next one because it's not worth getting in the argument, getting upset over a fish. That's right. Well, that's a good attitude, man. Well, look, thank you for being on. As always, man, just, just love your knowledge and greatly appreciate you sharing it with everybody on the podcast. If somebody wants to book a trip with you, it's well be well worth it for them. They're going to learn a lot, and they're going to catch a lot of fish. So what, what do they need to do to get in touch with you? What's the best way to contact you? They can go to Facebook, Tony Adams, or they, either they can call me on my cell number, 334-695-3003. That phone number was 334-695-3003. Tony Adams. Good deal, man. Appreciate it, Tony, man. Be careful. Look forward to talking to you next time. And y'all give Tony a call. And uh, like I said, you're going you're gonna to get educated. You're going to catch some fish at the same time. So thank you, Tony. Be safe out there, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate and it. I'm going to tell you what, that guy catches crappie. He fills the boat up every time he goes. I don't know. I don't know many people that have the knowledge of how to catch crappie like this guy does. And we love him being on the show. Hey, you know I love to catch bass now, but I'm going to be honest with you. I can vouch for Mr. Tony. I've been out with him a couple of times, and that's some fun stuff. I'm going to tell you. And some good eating. That's dang right. <laughs>
That's one of my favorite fishes to get out here now. There ain't no doubt about it, man. Well, look, we're going to hit the trifecta today. We've already talked about bass. We've talked about crappie. Let's talk about some big striped bass with Captain David Hare. David, you on, buddy? Yes, sir, I'm on. Now now you're talking about the real fish. I've been talking about trash fish. (laughs) (laughs) We've been talking about these little crappie, and you on the fish. Yeah, I get tickled, the bass fishermen and the crappie fishermen say, I wish you'd get all them trash fish out of the lake. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, right. That's what they call uh, your like, fish. Yeah, that's right. They call mine trash. Trash fish. fish. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, man, you, I tell you what, you picked a good day to ask me to call. Good gosh, we wore them out today. And, really? Uh, uh, yes. Water dropped down to about 66 degrees, and I mean... We couldn't drop a line quick enough today. We boated 41 and left them biting. Good and gracious. I, yeah. I had a little five-year-old boy on the boat today that outfished his granddaddy, his daddy, me. And I know you hear that a lot about kids, but I'm telling you, this kid could fish. He was wide open, knew what he was doing. We were jigging spoons. We was live baiting. It didn't matter. Whatever we did, he could do it. <laughs> I mean, you know. I How think, much fun is I, that, man? What a great yeah. experience for him and his granddad. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they told me when they booked the trip, they said, you ain't never seen a kid like this. I thought, yeah, I hear this all the time. Hey, they weren't kidding. They were serious. <laughs> and he was five? He was five, and I'm telling you, this kid caught—he caught the first one and caught the last one, and he caught a bunch in between. And about, I'd say, sixty percent of them, you didn't even have to help him. It was crazy. <laughs> there was a few of them, you know, that he had on that we all would have needed help with, but the majority of them, he had them whipped down, buddy. Well, that's what I was sitting here thinking about. I mean, we're not talking about a crappie slinging it in a boat. We're talking about big no. fighting fish uh, uh, in really deep water. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, we were netting fish for him, you know. But every once in a while, his daddy or his granddaddy might would just let the rod rest in the palm of their hand. But other than the, letting that rod rest in the palm of their hand, he was doing everything else. It was nuts. Daggum. <laughs> I was doing a little video of him when he was spooning, and he hooked up a pretty nice catfish, and he'd been telling me all day he wanted to cat- catch a catfish. I said, we're out here catching stripers and catching some spotted bass every now and then, and you're wanting to catch a catfish. Oh, yeah, I want a blue cat. I want a blue cat. Sure enough, he caught a catfish on a spoon. I was shocked. That is funny. And I, I got that on video, and, and at the same time, his daddy hooked up a striper on another spoon and a, that he was jigging. So I got a video of the of him hooked up double, and nobody's there with that little kid now. He's over on the back corner by himself, standing on the back deck, and he, he wasn't much taller than my kneecap. <laughs> I mean, he could do it. 
That is great, man. That is great. Well, we've got uh, Clayton Bats is co-hosting with me today. He stayed on. He's after he did his segment from Ufaula. Uh huh. But uh, Clayton, man, does Ufaula have striped bass? We do. We got stripers and hybrids. That's the trash fish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm just, I'm just messing with. You. I'm not gonna say that we don't get them that big because we do. Just not many people target them down there. Now, there's a bunch of little white bass that run around. You'll see those schooling about every afternoon. But as far as those big stripes go, I'll get into them about May every year. They'll stack up real good. But other than that, I mean, they're just so spread out. They don't get – the big stripes don't get on the ledges that good. They're more out there roaming in that open water, chasing big gizzards and big thread fins. So, and they, but every now and then the school will move up there, you know, we're bass fishing. And if I'm on a trip, I'll ask them, I'll say, do y'all want to sit here and just wear them out or we can move on? And a lot of times, just because the way they pull, they say, no, we want to stay here. We want to catch them. So I'll sit there and let them throw that plug and let them catch as many as they want. Man, that's fun. That's fun. So obviously y'all are catching a ton of fish and had an exceptional day today. What kind of weight? I mean, you're catching those numbers. That's in Lake Martin today, right? That's right. That's the only lake I fish is Lake okay. Martin. This time of year, I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, you're very lucky if you get a fish over 20 pounds this time of year because we're not out there trying to target a 20, 30, 40-pound fish. Everybody just has fun catching numbers this time of year. It's such a fast bite, and... And we use, you know, most of the time we're using pretty light tackle. And uh, it's more of a numbers game this time of year. And like today, we were catching fish 4 to 12 pounds today. Just just good, fun fighting fish and real good eating size fish. They caught some 2 and 3 pound spots, which is a pretty big spot for Lake Martin. They caught That's some really of those. That's really good for Martin. Yes. They caught some of those mixed in with stripers today. Caught one of the biggest white bass that I've caught, or they, my clients have caught in a long time. They had a white bass today that was well over three pounds. He might have pushed four pounds. It, it was huge. And then then we got into some little bitty, probably yearling stripers, so we had to move off them and find some more, uh, you know, a school that has some bigger fish in them, but we had eight, you know, our limit is two per person, 22 inches and longer. And then you keep up to 15 small fish uh, or small stripers. But we had our eight keepers pretty quick. So we was calling big fish pretty much all day. Man, that's fun. That's an exciting day. Are you guys, are you doing more of a, um, are, are you doing getting some top water action early and then moving out to the deeper water? Or are you just starting out in the deeper water? I'm starting out in the deeper water today. Today they were a touch shallower than I've been catching them. I mean, I was still fishing forty something foot deep, and they they were pretty much from suspended from twenty feet all the way to the bottom in forty to forty five foot of water. But top water. There is some top water action going on. It's lasting for about an hour to an hour, some, some mornings an hour and a half. I'm personally not targeting those right now unless somebody says, let's go do that. Because 
those fish are on an entirely different area of the lake than I'm catching all these numbers at. So most of my clients, you know, are wanting to go get those numbers and get some fish to put in the freezer and all that. So I tell them what we can do, and then I sort of leave it up to them on what do they want to do. Catching a 12-pound striper however down there at 40, 45 feet and reeling it up, especially for a five-year-old, that's fun for anybody. Oh, my gosh, I know. One time I was heading to him, and they said, he'll be fine. I said, are you sure? <laughs> are you and sure? They said, and they said, yeah, they said, he goes down to the coast with us and fishes. I said, y'all going to get him made up by a shark or something. <laughs> I, I, I mean, something and, pull him and, over off the edge of that boat. <laughs> yeah, and man, I, and then while I was cleaning fish, he was fishing off the dock. And then I loaded the boat, and I said, hey, I got some uh, guide shirts in the truck. Let me get this boat loaded right quick, and I'll give y'all some, some of these shirts. And I turned around, and he got one of the rods, and he was out there casting on the boat ramp. I said, hey, did I not wear you out today? I'm going to fish in the pond when I get home. I said, all right. That kid, that kid that may have a future in the fishing industry. It's way better for them to get addicted to that than what's out there in this world with them with video games and everything else. Ain't that the truth? Isn't that the truth, that man? The truth. That is uh, – yeah. It is a different culture with that right now, and, and I have, as y'all know, I got a pile of teenagers here at my house, and I wish cell phones, I wish I could go back in time and not ever get them one, because the I minute know. they, I thought we did good compared to a lot of people, I mean, we, we wait, they can't get one till they're 13, but let me tell you, uh-huh. the day they get that cell phone, everything in their life just changed. Oh, thing in your life as a dad just it's a very addictive thing and that, and it's it's hard to get them off of even when you go hunting they sitting there on the phone the whole time they hunting can't deer have to walk under the stand for they see it hey let me tell you and which i don't have to tell y'all y'all know this i wish i had a quarter for every fish that was missed and or lost on my boat due to people on their cell phones you know, just sitting there looking at it. And I holler out there, hey, you got a fish on up there. The rod's about to break in half. I'm sitting there trying to watch six rods, you know, and I look up there. Somebody's got their cell phone out on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, they're paying for the trip. I mean, I guess that's fine. I mean, I just sometimes I think, my gosh, if I could just get those phones away from y'all, we could double up our catch today. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, when it starts drizzling or something, I think it's a good thing that they put it in the console, they pay attention more. Yeah, right, because they don't yeah, want to get the phone wet. Yeah. Yep. There's several of them in the bottom of Lake Martin that fell off my <laughs> boat, I promise you. And, and I'm yeah. guilty of that, too. I've dropped a couple off, off my boat over the years myself. Well, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, I, I can sit here and I can badmouth it, but. I'm on mine. I mean, it's just it's just life now. When I came up, I was pre-cell phones. Uh, when I come up through high school right. and got to college, I think, you know, you had that bag phone people started getting and putting in their car. But I remember when I first first sales job, you know, I'd have to stop at a pay phone. 
and put a quarter in right. and call the customer. Yeah, you have to you have to read a map to get somewhere because you couldn't just put it in Google Maps and put the address in. You had to learn, you know, how to read a map. You had to call people, and you would think, okay, man, if we just had a mobile phone, it'd make our life so much easier and give us so much more free time. And it's completely opposite. You know how much my first mobile phone cost? <laughs> how much? Just take a guess. A penny. You should be able to get a deal for them if you sign a contract out for a penny. No, $4,000 for the first car fund. $4,000? $4,000. Good. Back when they they were not popular. And then, you know, that's probably the most expensive. Well, I know it's the most expensive one I ever bought, you know, when I was in business. When they started getting popular, you know, the prices just started dropping. But, yeah. It was $4,000. They used to mount, you know, in your phone. You couldn't take them in and out or anything. It was $4,000. Best I remember, it was a Motorola cell phone. I had that Motorola. It was a company. Our company paid for them, but they mounted them just like you're talking about. They mounted them in all our trucks. Yeah. Had that stand and all. That's right. That's right. Yep. Man, I thought I was big crap. One time I had a, I had a mobile fax machine in my truck. I thought, <laughs> man, I am cool. <laughs> oh, man. man. Yeah. Before my daddy passed away, the grandkids, I'd be sitting at the house and the grandkids would FaceTime and he'd look at that phone and he'd live to be 90. I mean, can you imagine? Showing your your daddy or your granddaddy or your great granddaddy, you hand this phone to him and he's looking at the great grandkid, and they'll say, "Honey, where you at? Where you at? You in there? You in their phone?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that. I mean, it's a different world now, man. I guarantee you. He called every day to check, see how the fish were biting. When my mother was alive, I'd tell my clients, I said, I'm going to put you on speakerphone. I said, because we don't have many fish in the boat today. And they said, why? I said, I want you to hear what my mama's going to say. Mama said, David, y'all catching any fish? And I said, Mama, we having a tough day today. And she said, well, if I was your client, I wouldn't pay you. And I said, well, that's the reason you don't get to fish with me, Mama. <laughs> like, y'all, if you ain't catching them, we ain't paying. That's great. Yeah, that's right. We that's ain't taking right. you, Mama. You got to stay at the house. That's great. Yeah, that's right. But get, getting back to fishing here on Lake Martin, I'm telling y'all, if you like cold weather fishing, and it's probably like this on all the lakes, but Lake Martin I can speak of. It's the only lake I ever fished. Lake Martin, from now till springtime, if you want a numbers game and every now and then get a huge fish, this is the time to come from here on out. It's crazy good. That's awesome, man. That's good to hear. Well, if somebody wants to come fish with you, which I suggest that y'all do if you ever wanted to go catch these big stripes and have a blast. How do they get in touch with you, David? The the best way to get me is either call or text me at uh, 256-401-3089. I'm David Hare, and if you didn't get the number down, just Pull us up on Facebook or on my website, Ellet City Guys Service Lake Martin, 
and uh, we'll pop right up, and it's got all the information on how to get in touch with me. I run several boats, so if you think it's for the moment, hey, I want to go fishing, you know, don't think, well, he's probably booked up. Give us a shot, because there's a lot of times we can get you on the boat right at the spur of the moment. Good stuff, man. Well, we appreciate it. We appreciate your being on the podcast and filling us in on what's going on with the stripes at Lake Martin. And, guys, and I, I urge you to go uh, give David a call and, and get in the boat with him. It sounds like now's the time to do it through the rest of the winter up to the spring. So give him a call. David, thank you, man. Be safe out there, and we look forward to talking to you again next time. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good Thanksgiving. Take care, man. You too. Man, I'm going to tell you what, Clayton. I ain't going to lie. I have never been on one of them stripe fishing trips. And I got to go. I keep saying that, but I got to go. Because that just sounds, that sounds fun. He's talking about getting in those numbers of four to 12 pounders and catching that many now. That's some fun. And I'll tell you, we had a FLW Pro Circuit tournament on Martin this year. And if you've never been on Lake Martin, that is one beautiful lake. Oh, man. I guarantee you. It is. That's one thing we are blessed with in this state. And we say it all the time on here. And we'll keep saying it. We are fortunate in this state to have the water that we have because not only is the fishing great, but they are, we got some absolutely gorgeous bodies of water on this, in, in this state. You do. And one other good thing is, I mean, all the way from Gunnersville to Ufala and on around the state, you got an extremely diverse fishery. Uh, we were just talking about Martin. I mean, it's kind of like a highland lake. It's real rocky, super clear. You go up to Gunnersville, you got all the grass in it, and then you got you fall up. It's known for its ledges, so you can kind of do a little bit of everything throughout the state. You're right, and then you got Smith Lake. That's the third clearest lake in the country, and deep, 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 one of the deepest lakes in the country. And then you got Mobile. This is an entirely different kind of fishery where you may catch four or five different species down there. I mean, you're fishing that brackish water where you you targeting bass and you may catch ain't no telling what you're gonna catch totally different kind of fishing and exciting fishing so we do man we're blessed with some incredible fishing down here and uh, as excited as i get about the fishing i sure wish i was in a truck with you right now headed to kentucky i ain't gonna lie are you going bow hunting or rifle hunting their rifle season just came in so i packed up the old 300 wind mag and i'm headed on up here you fin- you planning on coming home with some meat. That's what I'm talking about. I plan on it. Listen, I just took one walks out. But anyway, it goes. I'll enjoy it. I love just sitting in deer stand and watching. There's no telling what you might see. That's right, man. Well, I hope you have a great trip, and I hope you hope you kill a heck of, or, or, or a heck of a good deer. I know you're going to enjoy yourself, but I hope you get one, too. Man, I appreciate you staying on with me today. Uh, it's a big help having somebody like yourself on here and, and, and asking questions and engaging these guys. So, man, appreciate you staying on and appreciate you being on the podcast and sharing your information with us, too. No problem. We'll do it anytime. All right, buddy. We appreciate it, man. Be safe the rest of the way. Yes, sir. I will. I All got right, an hour hey, left. And I'll- hey, you kill one up there now. I'm going to be waiting on them pictures. I'll be sure to send you some. Do it, brother. All right, be safe, man. Thank you. All right, guys. That is, uh, man, another great show. It sounds like things. Hey, that's a different report than we heard the last few weeks. I mean, it's been 
It's been slow in a lot of areas. Uh, weather's changing, water's changing, fish are in transition, but it sounds like that uh, things are kind of getting back on fire again, man, and, and people are catching fish. I mean, that was a good report today. Hey, it's time to get out there and get after it. And appreciate all our guys that have been on today. And, hey, look, guys, I'm going to mention this. If y'all don't know, I have a company called You Do Outdoors, and it's an app and a website, but you can download the app on Google Play or on the App Store. You can visit our website, get on that way. But we it's a social media app for what you do. It doesn't matter if it's hunting, if it's fishing. We're not going to delete your post, whether you make a, you know, if you make a conservative post or you make liberal post, we're not going to delete it because what we're about is freedom. That's the beautiful thing about this country is that we are free to have our own opinions and our own ideas and to voice them in a positive way. And that's what we're doing at You Do. We've got some incredible new things coming, total new release of our product in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. But y'all get on and download the app. Now's the time to do it. And you'll know why in a few weeks. But now's the time to do it. So get on there, download it, and share it with your friends. Tell people about it. Uh, I think you'll like what you see and like the people that are on there. It's just a, it's just a positive place to be. And, and in today's time it, with everything that goes on in this country, we all need some positive and, uh, and you're going to get that at you do. So download the app and check us out. Thank you for listening to the Alabama freshwater fishing report. And that is going to be a wrap for the week. So look, please subscribe rate and drop us a review wherever you listen to the podcast and hey if you would like for us to email you the podcast we'd love to do that so just text the word fishing that's all you got to do is text the word fishing to 646-495-9867 that is text the word fishing to 646-495-9867 And each and every week, we'll send you the podcast. So thank you, guys. Look forward to next week. Stay safe on the water. Catch a bunch of fish. Talk to y'all next time. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And also brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and and give Norman a call. And brought to you by You Do Outdoors. Check out You Do Outdoors on your app store, Google Play. It's a social media app for whatever you do outdoors this episode was brought to you by brian sand with national land realty you already trust me with your fishing report so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well just give me a call at 601-383-2344